Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally with using fine motor and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're talking some practical help. Tactile sensitivity, a lot of people have defensiveness, have inability to tolerate and appreciate different things such as textures, such as smells or auditory. I myself believe that I have auditory defensiveness. Never got it tested, but at different weddings and the like, it's just too loud for me. I can't handle that in the chalkboard when there are nails in the chalkboard, things like that. Different sensitivities. So some people have tactile defensiveness where they can't process the tactile information. Difficulties processing, again, we're using the help of yourtherapysource.com. Difficulties processing tactile information can result in some individuals being very sensitive to touch and overreaction to objects or people in the environment. Conversely, some individuals may have decreased sensation of touch, which can result in people using too much force or placing themselves in dangerous situations. A few suggestions to help children especially with tactile sensitivities. Think about encouraging proprioceptive input. That's the joint movement sense, getting the different feelings and receptions to the joints in the body, some heavy work activities, things like that. Input, proprioceptive input prior to activities that require tactile input. Examples of proprioceptive input are like chair push-ups, wall push-ups, jumping, carrying heavy objects, and pushing or pulling objects. Literally, getting the joints involved, getting them moving, and getting them involved in different activities and tasks. Never force a child to touch objects that he or she dislikes. The child can observe the activity, participate with modifications, or touch the objects briefly and wash hands immediately. A lot of times, if there are different textures, there are different feelings that the kids don't like. Sometimes some kids don't like slime, some kids don't like glue, some kids don't like different objects, some kids don't like different textures, they don't like different rice or the like. Don't force them to do it, give them what they like or gradually introduce it to them. If a kid doesn't like glue, for example, they could use a glue stick or tape or they could staple if they're old enough and they're cognitively aware enough and it's safe enough, but there are different ways of avoiding it without them feeling overwhelmed or overstimulated from it. Always approach the child from the front or seat the child in an area where he or she has a good view of who is approaching him or her. If you come at them and they don't see it, they're not suspecting it, they're surprised, it could be extra intimidating, it could be extra frightening for the child, so we want to make sure not to do that. Use a firm, gentle touch instead of light touch when you have contact with the child. Firm and gentle is better than light. It feels better for the skin. It feels less intrusive and it feels less overwhelming and overstimulating. I remember having a camper who did not tolerate different types of textures, did not tolerate clothing in general on his shoulders or on his upper torso. So a lot of times he would just walk around with barely uh, an undershirt or the like because he couldn't handle it or sometimes towels. But we had a wheelbarrow brush back in the day. I didn't know what that was. That's like a sensory type of a brush that goes from proximal to distal starting from 
the shoulders out and then back again. There's a specific, very special protocol. But if a person doesn't like the textures, there has to be a way to make sure that it's not overwhelming for them, overstimulating for them, it doesn't hurt them or bother them, especially when they don't like different kinds of things. And he also didn't like the light touch. It would make him be jolted out of his comfort zone, but firm and gentle was much better. If the child exhibits difficulties with personal space, such as touching people or objects excessively, or overreacts to light touch, provide modifications to the environment to help the child, such as providing visual cues where the child needs to sit, provide fidgets for the hands, and have the student stand first or last in the classroom line. So they can make sure not to be overwhelmed or pushed around or bumped into from the front or the back if they're the last in the line or the front of the line. And that was tips for children with tactile sensitivity. Let's talk a little bit about outdoor activities to encourage self-regulation skills. Self-regulation, the ability of a person to tolerate sensations, situations, and distress and form appropriate responses to that sensory input. Simply stated, it's the ability to control behavior. The ability to self-regulate in children is a predictor for academic abilities. Some everyday outdoor activities to practice self-regs self-regulation skills in children. Outdoor free play with a group of children without much adult interaction is an excellent self-regulation activity. A group of tag, a game of tag, excuse me, kickball or hide-and-seek will certainly require self-regulation. Kids will argue and fight and try to work it out, hopefully not fight too much. Many children may tend to lose it in situations where adults don't intervene to keep it cordial. But in the end, these are situations where children gain the self-reg skills, the self-regulation skills, because they've used their own coping mechanisms to problem-solve. So don't jump in. Don't always feel like you have to get involved, get in the middle to mediate. A lot of times the kids can figure it out themselves. In OT, we feel that way also. A lot of times uh, an assistant in the room, the teacher in the room will run to fix things, but sometimes let the kid try to fix it themselves. Sometimes let the see if the kid can figure out what's wrong, if the kid can self-identify, self-correct, or self-observe to see what's going on over there. Recess also requires self-regulation. We talked about it the other day. Children may come out of the school bursting with energy and need to control it outdoors to remain safe. Again, I talked about the other day how recess by me was really not controlled, really didn't have any equipment or anything, didn't have any games, didn't have any formal things. We brought whatever ball we had, we played whatever games we had, we figured it out, we regulated it ourselves. Walking to school requires self-control for younger children. The child needs to stay with an adult when walking and must control the desire to run ahead. For older children, they must exhibit self-control to avoid other pedestrians and traffic. Waiting for the school bus requires a significant amount of self-reg, self-regulation, especially when children have to wait for long periods of time. They did a study with little kids, the marshmallow test, about self-gratification, self but self-reg in order for them to delay the gratification. Immediate versus delayed gratification. They were promised, these little, little kids that they would get more than one marshmallow if they waited, or they could eat one marshmallow now, and they just sat and sat and looked at the marshmallows. just too hard for them. They could not sit and wait. It's very difficult to wait, very difficult for them, especially for long periods of time. It's very difficult for them to control themselves and to watch themselves if they need to wait. Even my own kids, I noticed even with the oldest, who's four and a half, it's hard for him to sit and wait, hard for him to understand that it can't be done right away. Everything can't happen the first second, so he needs to be able to figure to realize that and learn to wait and learn to be able to 
delay their gratification, which a, a lot of kids have difficulty with in general. Be mindful of the beauty of the outdoors. Teach children to slow down and appreciate the outdoors. Practice deep breathing and relax. This models a calm body for children. In order to remain in control in difficult situations, children need to have calming experiences. There's the breathe in and out method. There's the hold the breath for five seconds. There's the push the hands up and hold the breath and push the hands out. Different ways, different calming techniques. Talk to your OT. Talk to other mental health specialists. There are many different calming techniques and calming abilities, calming exercises and calming tasks to help along with that as well. On the playground, children need to exhibit self-regulation to follow the rules, wait online, wait their turn to use different equipment and to exhibit safety awareness. Without self-regulation, the child and others are at risk for injury. We don't want that. But here, even on the playground, kids can learn to do that. Kids can learn to follow the rules, learn that it's not always their turn, and that's okay. They could learn that there are other people out there, and we have to share. We have to take turns, especially with different games, outdoors and indoors. Kids can really learn these kind of things. The more practice children have to develop self-regulation skills, the more children will be be better able to think before they act. And we want them to be able to think before they act. We want them to be able to understand the different things involved. We want them to understand that there are regulation skills and we have to practice waiting. We have to practice being able to take our turns. We have to understand that we might get frustrated. We might get overwhelmed. We might get overstimulated. We might feel like we need to tantrum or freak out, but there are other ways to go about it. There are coping mechanisms and adaptive mechanisms for us to calm down and make sure that these things are not going to overwhelm us or overstimulate us. Join us next time as we talk some more about fidgets and other practical help skills and ideas such as how to support risk-taking safely in kids and talk about modifications for students and physical activities here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.